0: Welcome to the Dr. Dreema show, inspiration and practical strategy for achieving your dream life. I'm your host Dr. Dreema. I'm a psychologist and life designer. I'm here to help you design the life you want and deserve. This is Dr. Dreema and you know on the show we frequently talk about how do you design your dream life? And sometimes people tell me that they never expected to be where they are now. And that might be the case with our next guest. It's Sydney Marr. She's creator of Sydney Marr Wellness, and she's a product development strategist. And she also started out as an elite athlete. Welcome, Sydney. I'm dying to hear your story.
1: Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, I started off in life as a uh, tiny little girl who fell in love with skating. And um, we went; we were going back to Toronto at that time, because I'm originally uh, from Vancouver for a family visit. And one of the things our family does is we go on family skating outings. So my father um, never babied me and he uh, had me on the ice and just said, skate. And of course I couldn't really skate because it was the first time I was on ice, but I fell in love with it. So when we returned to Vancouver, he said, so would you like to learn to skate? And I said, yes, dad. And So we joined Vancouver Skating Club, and I was a small prodigy. I started with a a gal called Susan, who was my coach. And after a year, she just gave me to the senior coach at the rink and said, I don't know what to do with her anymore. And so I really entered into the life of being an elite athlete, being trained by the top coaches, uh, not only in Canada, but in North America. And it was so much fun. I, I think that Skating is um, really my happy place, and I was at the top of my game, Skating for Canada, starting or stepping into the role of skating internationally, and it was so much fun. I mean, we were skating, let's see, eight hours a day, six days a week, and it was never... Never um, never that my parents were pushing me. They just saw that I loved it. I got up at 4.30 every morning, and it was the thing that I most wanted to do.
0: That's amazing. And, you know, I've, I've talked to other athletes, and they, they t- talk about it the same way you do. It was a love. It was a passion. Yeah, I got up at 4.30, but I was going to do something that I wanted to do.
1: Oh, we couldn't wait to get on the ice. And it's funny, I was talking to one of my friends, uh, Kenny, the other day, and he had a big birthday party in Vancouver. And so a lot of the skaters were there. And we were just talking about, you know, that getting up at 430 and and getting your skates and getting a, a good breakfast before we went out the door because we did need to have Um, uh, quite a substantial breakfast before we got on the ice at six. But, you know, when he went to school, the teachers used to say, listen, you show up at school, you've got rosy cheeks, you're bright, you're turned on. And, And so his, even though we got up so early, all the kids came, went to school with all their marbles. They were all lit up.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful. I love connecting with people who are connected to what they're doing.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, when I was skating, I just felt talking about connection that the ice was um, the most natural place for me to be. In fact, I still think that walking, you know, when it's sort of left, right, left, right, I I still think it's a strange and unnatural act. I think like skating is much more natural. (laughs) Why can't we skate everywhere? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so
0: you obviously love the sport. Why did you stop?
1: Well, I never meant to. I was going to skate until the end of time. I wanted to get a couple of um, championships under my belt. And really, I did think I was going to skate forever. And what happened was when I was 18 training for the next uh, Canadian championship, a young boy skated into me and almost severed my leg. So talking about having all of your dreams taken away from you in an instant, i mean, everything changed. And
0: being 18, I can only imagine how difficult it was to deal with that.
1: Well, I can't imagine how my parents felt when they got the call from the rink. I mean, my coach saved my life, and it was about 45 minutes before the ambulance uh, actually arrived at the rink, can you imagine? I mean, he was like a human tourniquet on my leg, trying to hold it together and trying to keep me from bleeding out. Oh
0: my God, that sounds horrifying
1: yeah I, I as I said i can 't imagine my parents and so there was the first emergency surgery and uh, and then I was released to go home because it was just before christmas and the I was also very lucky because my doctor was a sports medicine doctor, and when he came back from vacation, it was like, Oh now, now okay, she was in perfect shape before I left, so he put together he went to the Canadian government and put together a team of American doctors to come to Canada to do the first micro surgery, and they made teaching tapes for all of the universities. So I was lucky. I, I had my leg um, re um, Repaired. It was, as I said, the first micro surgery, and because of my skating and because I had to learn how to take vitamins, how to nourish myself, and in my head I was still going to go back to the ice. I was. I needed to be in top shape, and it also meant that I was in top shape for this operation. The operation was actually eight hours, and I could see, you know, uh, before I passed out, the the dome over the um, operating table, which I was on. And then there was a nurse who was assigned to me because I was the, I guess, the, um, the exploratory specimen at the hospital. And she came back to the room after the operation to check on me, except the bed was empty. I had woken up, felt just fine, put my pink fluffy slippers on, and it was <laughs> around the <hospital. laughs>
0: Probably the last thing that anyone expected
1: exactly and so she was like oh no and so she was running around looking for me and you know as soon as she caught up to me she promptly put me back in bed in fact they had to put me on house arrest a couple of weeks before the operation because I was out partying with my friends you know dancing and you know I managed to get a little blister on my foot and when you can't feel anything um, a blister can become very problematic and they said you can either go on house arrest Or you can come and sit in the hospital and just sit there. So I stopped going out to nightclubs and stayed home.
0: (laughs) You made the smart choice.
1: Yes, yes. And today my leg works pretty good. I mean, it's not perfect. The plantar action is not perfect, but I can still dance up a storm. And as far as I'm concerned, it was a pure, um, you know, it was really an unmitigated success
0: so cindy i'm I'm curious how did you deal with this mentally and emotionally? I mean, that was your dream, and your dream was taken
1: yeah, it was um, well first of all um, it w- it was devastating, and because you know skaters are we're almost honed you know when when you're skating at that level you're almost prepared for um, for the hard stuff but what happened was my coach had trained us really uh, he he was really coaching us um, to learn about, he was teaching us an approach to life. He wasn't teaching us to be competitive figure skaters. And so when my competitive figure skating career was taken away from me, I, you know, took a step back and thought, okay, um, I'm, you know, as I had mentioned to you before, I was a overactive 18 year old and, you know, kids like, you know, uh, just don't sit still. So I went back to school. And in the, at the same time, I thought I'll take all of my, my sewing and the, my ability to create my own skating costumes. And I did them for my, myself and lots of the kids at the rink. And I attended fashion school during my recovery. Now, my recovery was a year and a half to learn how to walk again. And that was because uh, the sciatic nerve was uh, cut by two thirds, and uh, when something like that happens, the the skin of the uh, nerve dies, and that's, I think it's called a myelin sheath. And when that happens, it can't send the messages to your oh, leg. Right. So because it was growing back at a millimeter a day, I knew it was going to take time. I mean, I was still going to physio, I was still going for all the therapy, and you know, they just wanted to make sure that my leg didn't atrophy during this time. And so I knew that I had at least a year to fill, and that gave me the ability to start working on um, my fashion career. I didn't know if it was going to be a career, but to at least put myself to good use.
0: Nice. Nice. So I love that you you took what some people would have stagnated with and and thought, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. This is a tragedy and stayed stuck there. But instead you saw there's an opportunity for me to do something different.
1: Well, and, and that's what came to me. I mean, I don't think I was really mentally prepared or it wasn't that final straw where I realized I was going to be giving up my skating, uh, my competitive skating, but one of the other young skaters, because all the kids were always coming over to cheer me up. And, and after my operation, you know, we, we still went out dancing. And if I fell down, they just picked me up. Um, it was just sort of the thing we all did together. But Dennis, he was 14 at the time and he came to me and he was a very precocious, very brash young skater. He was brilliant. And he said to me, he's the only one who had the courage to say to me, he said, Sid, said you're never going to compete again. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Wow. But it was a gift because he was the one who drew that line in the sand and said, no, you can't go back. You have to go forward.
0: Which is a great thing to hear. But I would imagine at the same time, did it take you any time to sort of wrap your head around this and go, oh, yeah, I'm not going to skate again?
1: I was pretty pissed off. I was really angry with Dennis, but it because it was already some t- you know at least a year after the accident, I was then able to just uh let go it 's kind of like you know when they say you know one door closes, another door opens, and I guess I was getting more into my studies at fashion college. Um, we had the opportunity to go. Um, to a wonderful uh, competition in New York, because there were models and the young designers in this group and I won two awards and it was it really encouraged me because I put everything into what I was doing to create beautiful designs and to understand merchandising and pattern making and and retail buying and all of the different courses that the um, that the college was tossing at us, and so it was it was like, I guess, getting over inertia, you know, like, you just have to, sometimes it's taking action that is the thing that is going to move us forward.
0: So, so true. So, so true. So what did you do with your fashion?
1: Well, um, my father said to me, he said, okay, now that you've graduated, said I'm going to take one of my small um, insurance policies and I'm going to cash it in and I'm going to give you um, a small amount of money so you can start what you want to do and we were very um involved in terms of charity and um politically um there were some interesting um groups in vancouver that my my parents were involved with like the chinatown lions um and so I ended up creating a small collection and I thought I'll go out there and I'll learn. Um, I'm going to sell it myself and I'm gonna stand up in front of the buyers and see what they like, love and hate. And so I I designed and created my first couture collection. I did a big runway show for one of the charities and that's really how my uh, my career took off. I started getting uh, coverage by you know all of the magazines in bank, in uh, all across Canada by the newspapers. They covered my wins in New York. And so I started getting picked up by Holt Renfrew, which is sort of like in, in I guess an equivalent would be like saying Barney's or Nordstrom's. Um, put me in the designer section. I was in Salon Vendome at uh, in Simpsons, and so I started getting my collection um, sold all over the country. And I just learned, and, and my father and I built out a small studio at home. I started hiring people, uh, pattern makers and sewers, and. And, um, you know, because you can't do everything. And, and it was really a wonderful, wonderful uh, start to uh, a young, a young, I'm going to say excited entrepreneur designer.
0: That's so much fun. I mean, how much fun is fashion in the first place, but then to be recognized and to be placed alongside
1: these other designers, that must have been so exciting. It was, it was totally um, a dream come true. At first I couldn't understand it because I thought, why is this happening so fast? I almost was upset that it was happening so fast. I thought it took me 12 years to get that good in skating. But what I realized is that I took everything from where I was at all of the lessons I had learned, it, didn't, it meant I did not have to start back at zero at six years old, but that I could start from 18, 19, and all of the, the things that I had already become expert in, how to organize myself, how to be focused, how to make my notes, how to reflect, how to sort of course correct if something wasn't working. And so these were the things that I, I was already a young professional, at 18 and and when you think about it and, and that's what I'd like to say to to everyone is that when when a big challenge happens, there is a wonderful gift inside that box and until you start unwrapping it until you get to lift off the lid and find out what treasure is there you won't know so to trust the process just to go with it and to realize that something wonderful is in there waiting for you
0: I love that. I love that, but now my curiosity is piqued because I was introducing you as the creator of Sydney Mar Wellness <laughs> and a product development strategist. So, how'd you get there?
1: <laughs> well, that um, that's a really fun story, or oh, there's a bit of tragedy in that as well. I um, went from couture into um, selling my fashions on QVC worldwide, and that was. Um, part of my passion for um, changing my fashion career around was because I thought that women all over the world should be celebrated and lifted up and should feel good. And I called it Everyday Fabulous. And what happened was I was um, doing something not very exciting. I, I caught what I thought was the flu. And, but the flu happened to be mono. And at that time I was 54, I'm 59 going on 60 now. And what happened was um, it was mono and it crashed my immune system. I ended up in the hospital and I was fighting for my life. It literally, it literally was going to kill me. And they had to operate to clean out all of the infection to give me a chance to survive.
0: Oh my goodness. That's that's just shocking
1: It is you know, and especially when I thought it was nothing more exciting than the flu, and then you realize and you just have to surrender and and I remember um, it was five days into in the emergency, and I could hear the doctors yelling you know because I was quite um, delirious at this time. Um, they're yelling, you know, she's going to die. And if we don't operate tonight, but it, 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 it sounds very, you know, when you're not really with it, it it's, it's as if someone's yelling with a, a muffler or a pillow over their, their, their mouth. And, and they really had to wake me up for the operation. You know, you have to sign the waivers. And so I got, I, they got me awake enough to sign the waivers and it's the, the um, gurney and myself uh, before the, the OR doors. And I look up and I see the doctor and he's, I think I'm looking into the eyes of God. I mean, he has these most beautiful blue eyes and I look at him and I go, doctor, if I survive, this tummy is bikini ready. Don't cut me up like a pumpkin. Oh God. (laughs) Oh, that's great! And then I passed out, and I thought, okay. And as were they're rolling me, and I thought, okay, God, if you have a per- a further purpose for me, I'll show up.
0: And you did.
1: I did, and so that's really what happened. That was the segue into um, being the creator of Sydney Mar Wellness, because as I was telling you, after I got out of the hospital, I had um, such a uh, hard in or strong inflammation in my body that I lost almost all my hair, and I still had contracts to appear on live TV all around the world and I thought i don 't have a um, i don 't have enough hair to put um, extensions on i don 't want to wear a wig i don 't want to take heavy pharma meds uh, my body 's just been beaten up by you know this barrage of um, helping. Uh, antibiotics, but I didn't want any more. And so my naturopath helped create this product um, or this formulation that he thought would be sort of um, like a superfood. Oh, and Yeah, it, it's really just a superfood. It's, it's a protein-based formulation. And in less than two months, my hair was growing back like crazy. And I thought, okay, wow, what what's happening? And I went back to him. I went back to the manufacturer who he worked with. And I said, you guys are going to be my new best friend.
0: There you go. So now I see how this story's coming together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what happened. And I realized that life was trying to tell me that I was living a bit too fast paced. And so as I was winding down, finishing my contracts for the different QVCs that I was uh, contracted to, I started building my own therapeutic caliber vitamins and supplements, which I sell under Sydney Mar Wellness. And I thought I'm going to put together um, a small product line that is going to help people. Because if you're not feeling very well and It is part of my belief system that we come here on earth with gifts, with gifts to share the world. And I thought we can't do it if we're not feeling well.
0: That is so true. You know, I know so many talented people, but if they're struggling with a health issue, their talents aren't allowed to show through because they just go into survival mode
1: exactly and we have to take care of the body and you and i were talking about that a little bit earlier the whole self-care where where you have to make sure that you're drinking enough water and and getting a good night's sleep and you know there are lots of processes by which we can sort of quantify it i mean I, i find it curious how you know some of my you know former um athletes that I skated with when they come to me saying gee I'm not feeling very good and they know how many reps they did at the gym but they can't tell me how many how many glasses of water they drank that day
0: wow so it's all about becoming aware of everything you are putting into your body
1: Yes, and the and pacing yourself, I think that's really important. And and so you know today, you know, with uh, Sydney Mar Wellness, I mean, it's it's really you know an offering that that I want to um, really to encourage people to you know uh, let me let me rewind. Uh, There they are, vitamins and supplements, and they're called supplements for a reason. They're called supplements because you need to do all the basics first. You need to eat properly, you need to sleep properly, you need to get some fresh air. So I'm, I feel like I'm encouraging people to do all those basics first, and then you're going to add in the supplements because fortunately, unfortunately, uh, we don't live... Um, you know, the apple pie life that maybe our parents did or grandparents did, it's extraordinary. There are extraordinary, we are living, we're living in extraordinary times and we have to step up to the plate and uh, we are, the output of energy is not what is, um, it, it's so much that it's not as if that carrot and that apple and, and those, the, the bit of protein that we're eating, it's, it's not quite enough. At least it isn't in my opinion.
0: Right. And I think that there are a lot of people listening who would agree with you. you. You really have to build a foundation for health.
1: Absolutely. And especially all of the busy entrepreneurs, when we're thinking about shifting from one thing to another, maybe we're wanting to, you know, um, we're taking care of our family. So we're doing a nine to five that maybe we don't love, but maybe we have a dream about something. And so that means we're going to have to carve out time for our family working starting something new and you want to have all of your energy on board on deck and that requires more than your the basics and nutrition can necessarily give us
0: right exactly Sydney it's been fascinating talking to you you have a a remarkable life story
1: Oh, thank you. It's it's been really fun. Um, I I find that the adventure of this life has been so interesting, and I've met so many interesting people to i to to help along the way, and who have come along come into my life to help me. And I think that's where um, where all of that wonderful energy comes from is when there can be what I'm going to call the circle of life, where we can really blossom and share with everyone in the world
0: oh that's beautiful well Sydney where can people find you if they want to find out more about you and what you're doing these days
1: well if they're interested in um, my vitamins that would be on Sydney Mar wellness my name does uh, start with a c c y d n e y um, and If they want to do um, something in product development, because I, as I mentioned to you earlier, I do have a product development strategy business as well, helping people bring their dreams to life. And that is at sydneymar.com. So I'm on Facebook. I'm happy to connect. um, And if they're looking for something, just please reach out. I'm here to help.
0: Oh, that's fabulous. And again, thank you so much for for coming and, and just talking about your story, because There are people listening that I know are going to be inspired by this idea that just because one dream ends doesn't mean that you can't go on into a new dream, create something new for yourself, create a new life if you want to.
1: Yes, and I think also what's important is to know that you're, you, don't, you aren't starting back at zero. Whatever you did before or whatever you're thinking of shifting from, you bring your talents, your skills, and um, your desires with you. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a great place to lift off.
0: That's great. Thank you so much, Sydney. Thank you. We've been talking with Sydney Marr of Sydney Marr Wellness, and she's also a product development strategist. Amazing story of overcoming. And I love what she was saying about, when a challenge happens, there's always a gift inside, but you're not going to know what's inside unless you bother to look in it. And I think that that's so true for the remarkable people that we come across who have overcome challenges, who have had setbacks or unexpected obstacles and they just go around them. They find a way to make good things happen. So whatever you're wanting to do, take one step today to make that happen. This is Dr. Drema. We'll talk soon.